Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the Free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Cut sheet coming up at 745. Uh, also, uh, two really wild and funny stories coming up later in the show. We mentioned the, the crazy story involving a kangaroo. Uh, also, a study that shows us, and this will be as we wrap up the show around 930 this morning, uh, ice cream and potato chips are just as addictive as heroin and cocaine. Obviously. I mean, Hunter Biden was the test, uh, was the guinea pig for that, and he can confirm that's true. Uh, so we'll get to that story coming up a little bit later. Cut sheet will be loaded as well. We're going to get to how, uh, when in doubt, just blame talk radio. If you want to call it conservative talk radio, if you want to call it free speech radio, uh, we'll get to that story. And also a Jewish dorm room uh, at Drexel University here in the city. Uh, apparently set on fire, and investigators are trying to make sense as to whether or not it was an intentional hate crime. We'll get to that story as well, but let's get to the news, round number two, and away we go with Dawn Stensland at 7.03 on this Tuesday morning. And we are sponsored this morning in our news, October 17th, Tuesday, as Greg Stocker says. We're sponsored by Rhino Shield. So in the news, uh, one of the big stories, the manhunt continues for two armed and dangerous suspects accused in the killing, the shooting, the firing upon of two Philadelphia officers, one who died, the other who survived. And so that that reward continues to rise for information leading to an arrest of those suspects. The award stands at at least two hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars and counting by the minute to Two thirty-seven, four hundred dollars, I should say. So, <clears throat> no doubt, as those donations continue, they're dangling that reward, saying, "We need more phone calls. We need somebody to turn these guys in. You know who they are." So, this suspect ID'd by police as eighteen-year-old Yabrani Martinez Fernandez. So, he was arrested in Cherry Hill at a motel there. However, he resides normally in South Jersey, in Camden, New Jersey. And no word, he's 18, so we don't have word of his priors yet because usually uh, those juvie records, as we've talked about, juvenile records are shut down and not made public. Mm-hmm. So as this proceeds through court, we'll, we'll find more information out about this individual. But he was uh, taken into custody, and they're waiting for him to be extradited from South Jersey into Philadelphia, where he faces first-degree murder charges. You know, I just had a thought. Let me just throw this out to you, and I'm just spitballing here. I know you're supposed to protect these minors under the age of 18. I think it's time we do away with that. I think if you're 16 or 17, it should be public information. I get it. If you're 12, maybe not so much. But once you get to the point where, you know, you're in high school and you can drive a car, I think we need to, I think, and I know it's, you know, something that's looked at uh, based on jurisdictions and, you know, localities and things like that. I'd like to take that under advisement. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I I think that's a great point. I think, let's say somebody's 14, 15, 16, 17. How many times do we see they're accused in a shooting or um, a gunpoint robbery or gunpoint carjacking? Mm -hmm. I think if it, if it's a felony level crime. Yeah no matter the age, that I think that becomes a different category. Okay. A, a different category as in you, as, would, you would still want to protect their identity or you should reveal it? Well, that's the sticky part of this because I think that a lot of times we have the names. Mm-hmm. We It's more of a media tradition. Okay. 
that even if we have the information, we don't release it because of their quote unquote tender age. Okay. Yeah, I'm so, just I'm just getting to the point where I'm tired of protecting these 16 year olds that are acting like savages. Yeah, I I think to your point, you know, so so right now his his juvie record will be in play. Okay. So we're gonna get that. Okay. And I I can I can guarantee you uh, with all certainty that this is not his first arrest. Yeah. And that uh, this is not the first time he's been caught with a firearm. Mm-hmm. And so this is my question. Uh, where did he grow up? Yep. Did he, was he born in New Jersey? He, he, he resides in Camden. Right. South Jersey. Yeah. Sanctuary state. Mm-hmm. Was, was he born there? Right. Um, did he grow up? Where did he grow up? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see, see, we don't have all of this information. Right. And then, so there's, there's that going yeah. on. And then how many times has be, this individual been in custody for how many years? Mm-hmm. Who had him in custody? So I think all of that information, a lot of times DAs don't want us to have that kind of information. It all comes out. Yeah. All right. So I, I also think it's interesting that even some broadcast media, not saying his name so much. Why is that? Right. Yeah, it's, a, it was, it's just too much coddling, too much mm-hmm. protection of the perpetrators. Yeah. You got a dead cop here. It's it's the hell with their identity. Yeah, it's it's bizarre to me. But in this one... Of uh, the U.S. Marshals, they've been busy lately. Yep. Uh, U.S. Marshals, FBI, New Jersey State Police, and Philadelphia Police Homicide Division, they all moved in to make that arrest at the Days Inn. They're on Route 38, and this is Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And then Officer Mendez's handcuffs were used during the arrest, which, as you know, this is a, a tradition when someone is accused of being involved in in murdering or killing a police officer, they use that dead officer's handcuffs mm-hmm. in a show of respect and justice. I thought one thing, Nick, that Kayla, I'll mention to you in the news conference. I was saddened by the fact that law enforcement officials in Philadelphia had to, in essence, explain the fact that when they were when they caught this guy. They they wanted to make sure that the public knew that they weren't all focused on this, that they made other arrests over the weekend, for example, on some other accused perps mm-hmm. because they were having to police explain, well, we, we just want you to know that even, you know, when an officer is shot and killed in this way, we don't all, all focus in our police force just to catch that killer. We right. work on all of them. Of course. And and almost apologetic. Yeah. Well, that's that's you know. where that's where the police department is now. That's they've been so demoralized and demonized that they have to explain that you know basically the show must go on elsewhere as well. Even when this all-out assault and war against police officer lives is is occurring in our city. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Um, and we also have I will mention another eighteen-year-old Jesus Herman Madera Duran. We've now learned his name. So there were four guys involved, according to authorities, in the shooting of these two officers. Uh, so Jesus Herman Madera Duran, he was also shot during that struggle with the officers and then driven by accomplices to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia where he was pronounced dead. So they're now confirming that Jesus uh, was in, involved in this and that he was one of the four. So we have one under arrest, one who died, two armed and dangerous gunmen still at large. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so they're still searching for them. That reward for information, $237,400 and counting. So we have that going on. And I will point out to you that it was an emotional moment as Philadelphia police officer Raul Ortiz injured in that very shooting at Philadelphia International Airport. Unfortunately, cameras not working, so we can't release publicly the cameras to help find the remaining two armed and dangerous suspect suspects. But he was honored during game one of the National League Champions Series between the Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks last night. It was an emotional moment. As you saw Officer Ortiz, he, he then stands up and the crowd goes crazy and is raucous, cheering for him, showing respect, showing gratitude there at Citizens Bank Park. And you could see him on the huge Fanavision screen there yeah. as one arm is in the sling and then the other arm, he, he flashes his, his ring finger while on screen like Nick Castellano, of course, did the, during the wildcard series mm-hmm. against the uh, Miami Marlins. How about my boy Castellanos again last <laughs> night? Another home run. Yes. <laughs> but a really emotional moment last night. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a perfect night in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. So we are sponsored this morning by Rhino Shield. Still time to protect and beautify your home with Rhino Shield before winter. Call our friend John Gilgey now and take advantage of the biggest sale of the year. Call now. Never paint your home again. 844-RHINO-99. 844-RHINO-99. Thank you, Rhino Shield, for sponsoring our news. NBC 10 first alert forecast. So it's a best of seven series. So one down, just uh, three more to go, maybe three in a row as we, again, are playing at home, Citizens Bank Park, make it loud, be proud. So we've got game two, 807. By the time the first pitch is thrown, we will be down to 50 degrees. It won't even feel like 50 with a slight breeze. But the high today before that, 64 degrees, a sunny day for your NBC 10 first alert forecast. Much of the same tomorrow, but we have rain later in the week. And, yep, for Thursday, we're scheduled just like usual for Saturday, another rainy, dreary Saturday in a store. tradition unlike any I know, other right? one. It's crazy. Kale and Company, News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. By the way, Phillies uh, need three more wins to finish off the Diamondbacks. The Rangers have taken the first two against the Astros. So if this would hold, the Phillies would have home field for the World Series as well, which would be a beautiful thing. All right, 855-839-1210. Um, I just want to respond to this comment on the air. I got a tweet as we're talking about the officer uh, that was killed and you know protecting the identity of these juveniles. Uh, Bob Irving sends us a tweet. He says, I don't understand the juvenile record rules being unavailable. When I was in elementary school and acted out, I was told it would be on my permanent record and may keep me from getting a job. To which I had just responded, and Don, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. I said juveniles are usually offered an ARD program with expungement upon completion. If they successfully do their community service or pay their fine, uh, once they become an adult at 18, it gets wiped off their record and employers can't see it. It's the media that doesn't reveal identity or history of priors. But you're saying... That's just kind of like an unwritten rule in the world of journalism with with minors. Yeah, part of it is the media. Part of it is even when we have the records and have the name, usually the the protocol is you, you know, you wait for them to bring it up in court. So so in this case, so he's going to, you know, he's going to be extradited. Mm -hmm. And then when he's in court, 
you're, you know, you're sitting in court, you're covering this, they're going to talk about the juvenile record. And so, and that's all going to be part of the case that, yep. that will, that will be in play. Then generally, once it's said in that court case as an adult, that's usually when it's in play. But I agree. I think at some point they have to say, meh, you know, when somebody's committing felony after felony, mm-hmm. and I don't care if they're 14 and they're shoving a gun in somebody's right. face. I think we need to yeah. change the policy. When they're a violent offender with a history of committing the, these dangerous crimes, they're already on the fast track to being a career criminal. Yeah. And I, I'd like to believe, and this is like a, you know, a, a theory of, you know, rehabilitation and, you know, the younger you are, the more opportunities you'll get, the better chance that you have of, you know, changing this person for the better. But man, when you've done something at 14 and 16 and 17, and if, 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 if those crimes would have happened when you're 18 or older, you know, you would be in prison for a long time. Um, you know, I'm not saying lock up and throw the key away on these kids, but at the same time, I'm not betting on them figuring it out in their life because they're already down the round, the wrong track. So that's kind of that. 855-839-1210. All right. We'll come back. We'll stay local. Uh, a Jewish student's dorm room set on fire at Drexel University. Uh, Uh, Was it a hate crime against those of Jewish descent? We'll get to that story. And also, speaking of that tragic killing in Illinois, wait till you hear what the man who killed this six-year-old said was a motivational factor for him to act out against a Palestinian-American family. The details on the other side of Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Kale & Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. You still have time to find yourself that new certified or pre-owned vehicle from our friends at the Piazza Auto Group. Yeah, I had such a great experience at Piazza Honda right here in Philadelphia, not so far away from my work. But the great news about Piazza is that there's power in the Piazza Auto Group. So they're across Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. And we had such a great experience buying our son his first vehicle, Michael. Oh, he's driving David to school right now in a, in a safe new Honda Civic. Loves that vehicle. Just such a great experience. And for me, I'm in talks right now, believe it or not, entering a new phase in life. Going to trade in the minivan. The trade-in deals are unbelievable. So what will I get? It's so fun. It's so exciting. Just get to PiazzaAutoGroup.com. And you want to search Piazza's pre-owned inventory or for that dealer nearest you because they have more than 1,200, 1,200 pre-owned vehicles at any given time. So not just, you know, Nick and I talk about our Hondas. I talk about my son's Honda, but Acura, Mazda, Hyundai, Volkswagen, pretty much anything else that you can imagine. That's the selection that I'm talking about. That's the power of the Piazza Auto Group, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaAutoGroup.com. Tuesday morning, a little chilly out. Yes. My sister uh, just sent me a picture. She's wearing her Kale & Company hooded sweatshirt today. Aww. Hoodie season, baby. You can get yours, 1210WPHD.com. You can't miss the merch store. It's right up there in the top right corner of the website. Hoodie season, baby. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, cut sheets coming up, 745. But, you know, in this country, when things go awry, you start to pay attention to other potential hate crimes. And that is what people are wondering, both uh, locally and nationally. We'll start here locally in Philadelphia. Um, I'm seeing this story from The Blaze, but the headline reads, 
Jewish student's dorm room door set on fire at Drexel University. The dorm room of a Jewish student at Drexel was reportedly intentionally set on fire last week. And according to investigators right now, it remains unclear who is responsible. Now, I don't know what Drexel is like security-wise with cameras throughout dormitories, but they go on to say while the authorities have not arrested a suspect in the case, they announced that the Philadelphia Fire Department determined that decorations on a residence hall door had been intentionally set on fire. The police received a report of the fire that took place at Race Hall at 11.45 p.m. on October 10th. So that was last Tuesday, which would be about three days after the beginning of this conflict with Israel and Hamas. University President John Fry released a statement the day after, which was last Wednesday, uh, about the incident on campus, claiming that the school is actively investigating the situation to determine if there was any bias or discrimination involved, saying, quote, as a campus community, we need to maintain an environment of mutual respect that supports the free expression of ideas through civil discussion and peaceful protest while facilitating deep and authentic exploration of complex issues. There are appropriate venues on and off campus for expressing opinions and engaging in peaceful protest. At the same time, there is a line between expressing strong opinions through robust discussion, debate, and peaceful protest and the targeting of any individual for discrimination, intimidation, or hate. Unfortunately, we were made aware of a distressing situation that included destruction inside of one of our residence halls. Thankfully, nobody was injured. We are investigating to determine if bias, discrimination, or hate, which we do not tolerate at Drexel, was the motivation behind the incident. The investigation into this incident is ongoing, and we will update the community once it has concluded. Um, as of yesterday, still no update as to who exactly did this. And But they are of the belief, the fire department, that this was done intentionally uh, through their investigation of looking at the way this door caught on fire. And this, again, just kind of goes back to the general theme here that we've discussed in the last couple of days, the amount of anti-Semitism that is running amok on these college campuses. And now you have it hit home locally here in Philadelphia, where presumably you had somebody that is anti-Semitic who, and I, I mean, I guess he was aware that this student was Jewish and apparently sets the dorm room on fire, which obviously could have killed that kid or had the whole thing going up in smoke, could have killed multiple people. And, you know, what's amazing to me is that these university professors, they come out then and they make these statements about um, the freshen of ideas Civil discussion, peaceful protest, uh, debate, robust conversation, which there absolutely should be, especially with something as dangerous as anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic remarks or actions, which are far worse than words. But isn't it interesting how they only college is only a place for civil discourse and discussion and debate when it's under certain contexts and categories like we don't we don't allow these types of debates to take place without having the pushback for the Riley Gaines of the world. We don't allow these conversations if you are a Republican or a conservative or a Trump supporter. So, again, here's where I would come back and say consistency matters. And if we're going to take colleges 
for what they are intended to be, or at least originally were supposed to be, a place where you have critical thinking and you challenge people's ideas, then it needs to be universal across the board. And we don't get to pick and choose selectively a la carte which topics of discussion are there for free speech and debate and discourse and shunning others. So while I stand with this this professor for supporting the, the Jewish kid here that had his, his dorm room set on fire, mm. like, I mean, let's have some sort of consistency here in what we want colleges mm. and universities to be. Yeah, and, you know, a dorm, in a dorm setting, if if that fire caught on, you're talking about that affects every student. Right. Yep. If it, if a dorm fire that could be significant depending on when it's set. But also University Police at Drexel uh, confirm that they had another incident of alleged anti-Semitism. And that was a women's bathroom on campus was defaced and damaged and it was defaced with anti-Semitic graffiti. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to you know, look at these. Are these two separate incidents? Is this related? Is it the same person? You know, obviously they're looking at all their surveillance cameras and yep. talking to students. But, yeah, that's that's concerning whether or not you're actually even if they targeted a student who's Jewish, to your point, it's putting the whole community in danger. Mm-hmm. It is. This person is a hateful, crazy person who wants to commit violence. If if that's true. If it, I mean, they, this, this is arson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's a felony. The yeah. last time I checked. Yeah. Yeah, you go to jail for a long time if you commit arson, and this is this is going on. Why? Because somebody in dorm room seventeen was Jewish. I'm sorry, that guy's got to be they. They got to find this guy. Campus. I don't know if Drexel is if, if their police on campus is trained by the Pennsylvania State Police. I know Temple uh, operates that way. I'm not sure about some of the private schools in the city, but uh, hopefully they find this individual. We'll get to these other stories with education as well. Uh, when it comes to the Ivy League and also a Cal Berkeley law professor comes out and says, don't hire my law stu- uh, my law school students that are graduating who are anti-Semitic, which is uh, a very strong stance to take. Um, but then lastly, on the hate front, um, and we we documented this yesterday. Don, you had it in the news. Um, the this, this is just an awful story. Wadea Al-Fayumi, the six year old who was. Stabbed to death Saturday in Plainfield Township. Uh, mother badly wounded. Uh, of course, the man who attacked him was the landlord. These were uh, Palestinian-American tenants. Uh, Joseph Zuba, 71. Um, he is now saying that uh, he became overly concerned and increasingly bothered by the current situation in the Middle East. And he is blaming his actions as a grown man against a helpless six-year-old on quote conservative talk radio i was waiting i was waiting for one of these stories to come out you just knew this was yeah, coming ab- absolutely right and by the way if you look at the mugshot of this individual he's clearly a deranged sick individual yes so uh you know sick people there's sick people everywhere yeah and what pushes them over the edge god only knows what pushes them over the edge you yeah. know what i mean right a, a dog barking push the son of Sam over the edge. So <laughs> yeah. you can't sit here and say that, you know, blame everything on this, that. And the, I, I, I hate this. I do game. too. I absolutely hate it. It I is just, too. it is such an easy way out. It's low hanging fruit. They did it during Columbine. You know, they 
blamed it on uh, music and video games and right. all that other nonsense. Right. And I, I absolutely hated it yeah. then, and I hate it now. Yeah, blame it on TV, blame it on Hollywood, blame it on conservative talk radio. Free speech lives here. You know, it's it's like stations like us that we get this ridiculous reputation when people like this, as grown adults, do something so heinous and use a cop out excuse. Yeah. Like he was increasingly concerned about what he was hearing on conservative talk radio, and he became agitated about the tenants living in his home, which are a Palestinian American mother and her young son. Um, and I, I guess his wife told detectives that he regularly listens to conservative talk radio, and he was very interested in current events. Yeah, current. Yeah, okay. he he was also worried about the quote national day of jihad, which was last Friday, October thirteenth. And even though nothing happened then, he told his wife that he believed something would happen the next day without specifying what. So this guy obviously has screws loose, uh, is short fused in between the ears, and then one. I mean, these were like, I mean. Presumably, good tenants paid their rent, and then all of a sudden, yeah. it's, not, it's not like he just realized they yeah. were they have Palestinian descent the day before. This guy needs to be put down like the animal that he is. Yeah. And end of story. Who cares what his motives are? Yep. Like honestly, we we cares. It's it's the root. Let's get to the root cause of this and find out what is. No, crazy people be crazy. Yeah. Criminals commit acts of criminality. Yeah. It just happens. Yep. We can't stop it all from happening. And to get to the, well, it, it's because of this. Well, it's because of this. It's well, just, it's, 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 and it's the whole it's, battle over the nonsense. Second Amendment as well. Yes. As soon as somebody commits an atrocity with a gun, it's like, well, we got to take the guns away. Yeah. Guns kill people. No, crazy people kill people. It's ridiculous. Responsible He's, people don't. He stabbed this six-year-old little boy 26 times. Yeah. yeah. 26 times. Yeah, he, oh, my goodness. He deserves a bullet in the head. The yeah. end. Yeah. The end. Like, like there's no... Put him down. The end. Like enough with this. Yep. With the with the. Well, let, let's get to the reason. It's just another thing for the media to to glom onto and be like, see, yeah. see, when you speak out, stuff happens. Right. His wife, who wasn't home at the time of the attack, told detectives that he had withdrawn a thousand dollars from his bank because he believed the grid would go down. So this guy was. Um, yeah, he's crazy. He was, he was panicking on all fronts. He's crazy. The yeah. end. I know. He's taking out a thousand dollars. I just God. blew a thousand on Taylor Swift. <laughs> Maybe I'm the crazy one. I don't know. All right, eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Cut sheets coming up at seven forty five. But we have learned one thing with the summer of pushback for conservatives and those that value free speech. How do you hit a company where it hurts, like Bud Light or Target? You hit them in the wallet. Now the billionaires out there are ready to cut off the funding and aid to Ivy League schools. That don't condemn Hamas. Good for them. The details next on Kale and Company. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Hanging out as always till 10 o'clock here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Listen to us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHD. Cutchy coming up in just about seven minutes. Uh, and then also, when you make your way over to YouTube, if you want to watch any of the video that comes along with the cut sheet i suggest you stay there around uh, 8 45 or so when we come out of the cut sheet a wild video i couldn't I, I thought this was fake but it is not fake as a man saves his dog in australia from a kangaroo who was attempting to drown the dog and the man and the kangaroo get into a fight and the kangaroo puts up his fists 
Like, like, like in a boxing match. He's like, bring it on, human. Oh God. Where do you see this video? This is going to be the one of the most amazing oh. things you see all day. And I thought about Buddy. Buddy. Oh. Think about that. That lovable kangaroo, Don. Right? He wants to drown Buddy in the pool. That's terrible. That's sick. It's a sin. It is a sin. I agree. Evil kangaroo. I know. I and know. You think they're like in Winnie the Pooh or whatever, and they like kill Kanga. Uh huh. You know, and you think yep. they're all sweet. Uh huh. Nasty kangaroo. That's coming up about 8.45 <laughs> this morning. Uh, on the YouTube chat, Bubba45 uh, uh, checks in, and he's a, he, he wants to let everybody know, and I'm sure you guys both saw this, too, that when the cameras panned uh, in the Phillies game last night to the Kelsey brothers in uh, the box, that they were both drinking uh, Bud Lights. Yes, I saw that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I could tell right away that, that it was Travis Kelsey with the Bud Light because you saw the blue can. It looked to me initially that Jason had like a koozie on he it. He did. Okay. So uh, we have confirmed both, it was Bud. Both, both of them were drinking Bud Light. Yes. Let me give you a very unpopular opinion maybe, for this all. Can I tell you something? It was yeah, free. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, Nick said, Hale has, you've sounded off. Huh? I've said I would drink Bud Light for free at my fantasy football draft if somebody else bought it. <laughs> yes. I'm just not giving them my hard earned money anymore. Um, but this, this, you can, you can tweet all your hate at Nick Kale. I'm a big boy. I'll handle it. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 a little tired of Jason Kelsey too now. Uh oh, I yeah. just you stop. I have short shelf lives and expiration dates for <laughs> for me for attention whores. Hot take. I, it's just you know like and I love Jason Kelsey. Yeah. It's not like he's dating Taylor Swift. Yeah. He's not doing any of the left wing stuff. Although apparently he had a Bud Light. Uh, that's fine. I just I don't need. The, I'm so sick of the Kelseys. They're becoming the Mannings, the Kardashians. They are Enough. not. It's true. Jason Kelsey is the, the mom best. too. Donna, I, God <gasps> bless you. I'm I'm with Nick what? on this, Don. I'm with Nick on this. Don. I can't take Enough. any more of it. Enough. I we, won't. I won't watch li- Monday Night Football when they put the Manning cast. Listen, listen, no, listen. Oh, just just to put everything out there on full display. We are the show that said a few weeks ago that Jason Kelsey is the most beloved Philadelphia yes. athlete. Yes. I believe in the history of Philadelphia sports. That can be debated. Yes. But. And it was. We said that on this show. Yeah. But I agree. It's enough. I like, know. Like, 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 I think you guys. Travis are, Kelsey's everywhere now. Is this jealous? I think you well, have no, a little no. jealousy, like, I understand guys. the point of making headlines and trying you to grow your brand. Look, they, they have a podcast because everybody mm-hmm. has a podcast. Of and yeah. they're, they're going to be very successful when they're done playing. Mm-hmm. And they'll be offered a bunch of you money think? by a bunch of brand managers that like, you know, get See, wet dreams sound, thinking of them. You sound, cat, <laughs> you sound catty. But, you know. You sound catty. You know, Jason Kelsey, if you he wants. You guys are jealous. Jason Kelsey could be the morning host on WIP when he retires. I mean, see, if yes. they had an opening, yes. and they would throw them right in there with yep. the camera and Richie, and it would be a great show. Yeah. Can I enough. tell you something? They all, see. I just want to point out the men are the divas. Okay. Yep. They always say women, especially in media and television, are the divas. Look, look at these two. They're jealous. They're je- <laughs> oh, well, he's going to have a podcast, and he can no, do whatever not, he I, wants. I, I, he's going to make a lot of money. I'm not he jealous. He got a hot wife. I, I, I have that. a platform. I have a great piece of real estate. I've carved out my little niche. <laughs> I get a nice paycheck. It's all gone before I get it. But in, in theory, I do get a nice. I am not jealous. But my God, Little enough catty. of the Kelseys. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I love yes. Jason. And, and yes, I know Jason will bulldoze me in the hallway if he sees me. Of I course. Get that. Of course. Both of them Both of them would floss with us. I am, Holy I'm, crap. I am fine with that. But I am standing with you, my friend. What would they I, floss? I, I agree. Enough. Like, like they're, they're literally on everything. Yes. So moving forward, it is Sailor Twift and Kaysen Jelsey. <laughs> and maybe this world. is a... You the know Kelsey's what? have jumped the shark. Neither of you have a brother. And they, they, these are two brothers. True. 
You know, it's funny. And you, you guys are a little I, jealous. About, I wish about I, that. many years I I thought about what it would be like to have a brother. No, I never wanted a brother. Oh, I did. I loved. I loved being the My only boys child. are bro- oh, best right. friends. No, they're not. They uh, are best uh, friends. I, I loved. I loved being. By the way, the is only it child. O- is it only child or lonely child? Only child. Only child. child. Okay. What? I've heard lonely child no. mentioned a few times. Yeah. This, this, you know whole, this whole thing, yeah. Grand run. Yeah, you get things wrong all the time. <laughs> that's <laughs> Gra- part, that's part of my appeal. <laughs> Grammar-wise, exactly. Um, by the way, I, I heard, uh, speaking of the Rand run thing, yeah. uh, there's a prominent sports host on a no, uh, on a uh, talk station in New York City okay. who also used to be a football player, so I think you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, uh, twice yesterday, because I wanted to hear what, the other side was saying about the Jets sure. Eagles game. Mm-hmm. Uh twice yesterday used the ran run. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely something with sports. It's a yeah. it's a, it's a side effect of the it, shots it, to the head. <laughs> I'm telling you, when, when I die, examine my brain, I bet you I'm gonna have CTE <laughs> on a serious front. Like my youngest son he, my youngest son, it, they went to the same both boys, they went to the same school, right? The youngest one has always played in every sport, right? Yep. In his football, like you. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. I'm like, what? And me and him. I said, no sentence starts with me. It's him and I. Stop. Yes. Like, Larry and I will be working until we're like 100 to pay off all the education. Mm-hmm. Please do not start a sentence with me. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy on the YouTube chat writes, the latest shtick from the show, I guess this one, is to pretend they hate talking about what we hate hearing about while they talk about it twice as much. Anyway. I have no idea what that means, but okay. Jimmy's a really angry guy. Like I, I, I don't know why you listen if all you do is Which Jimmy? the show. I don't know. It's some guy on the yeah. YouTube channel. It's not all, Jimmy Matthews. No, oh, no. all okay. he does is critique the show. But yeah. it's fine. That's Just cool. keep listening. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. Me. It's great. Take I, a I, breath, Jimmy. Feel the love. I was also corrected on Twitter yesterday when I said about how uh, the left has more disdain for Trump than Hamas. I said, let that marinate for a bit. Apparently, it's not marinade. No, it's it's marinate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody corrected me on that. He's been now officially muted. Why are you muting somebody who's Who correct? Just said I, didn't, I didn't block him. I just muted him. I just don't ever want to see him oh. again. He can still tweet me. I just oh. won't see his garbage. This is why you need to stop tweeting. Because every little thing that you point out and do is going to be under a microscope. It is. And it's not right. It is. That's what the job I signed up for. All right, 745. <laughs> it is right on time for a Tuesday installment of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the cut sheet on this Tuesday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out at Route 70 in Cherry Hill, Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. I want to start on the cut sheet, Nick, Kale, John Stensley, where you started your big take this morning at... I don't know, what time did we get to it? Like 6.20 this morning? 7 (laughs) o'clock. It used to be 6.10. Yeah. Then it was 6.15. Yeah. Now it's 6.20. We just have too much to say in a four-hour show, folks. I know. That's that's a good problem to have sometimes. Yeah. Uh, We never get to half of what we really want to. I know. Um, I'm sorry. My computer is messing up again. Been a lot of uh, technical issues around here lately. Yeah, and I don't know how to. I don't know how to solve them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. It's that's kind of it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> um, okay, so Trump was in Clive, Iowa yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, and he did speak about his gag order. Oh yeah. Um, 
He says, I'm the first to run for president under a gag order. I've been indicted more than Scarface. He said this <laughs> in Iowa yesterday. Daniel, this is cut. Uh, where are we? Cut 13 here. Today, a judge put on a gag order. I'll be the only politician in history that runs with a gag order where I'm not allowed to criticize people. Can you imagine this? Do you believe this? I'm not allowed to criticize people. So we'll see. We'll appeal it and we'll see. But it's, it's so un. So unconstitutional. The good thing is we have so much support, it's incredible. So, and it just makes it even more so. Look, I'm the only guy that ever got indicted. I got indicted more than Alphonse Capone. Did anyone ever hear of Al <laughs> Al Capone, if you looked at him, if you looked at him the wrong way, he was seriously tough, right? Scarface. You know, they call him Scarface. Had a little scar no. in there. I'm sure it was a minor accident. But he was Scarface. But Al Capone, if you looked at him in the wrong way, if he didn't like you, you looked at him a little bit askance, he blew your brains out. He was only indicted one time. I w I've been invited, I've been indicted four times. And in addition, I have the civil trials that are all coming out of the Justice Department. They've weaponized the Justice Department and the FBI. They've weaponized, think of it, the Justice Department. This is like a banana republic. But we're going to be okay. The good news is, I'm the only one that's ever been indicted where the numbers went through the roof because the people understand it. No, it's true. He challenged the election. The election was crooked. It's like they're saying you'd never challenge an election. You're supposed to believe these people, right? The 51, how about the 51 intelligence agents that lied? Turned out they lied. How about the FBI Twitter files? All that stuff. All of the votes, if you look at... Uh, 2,000 mules, if you look at that, those are, those are tapes of people stuffing ballot boxes. Those aren't people saying, those are tapes, people don't want to hear it. But uh, no, they put a gag on her on me, and I'm not supposed to be talking about things that bad people do, and so uh, we'll be appealing very quickly. But you know, people understand it, and normally if you get indicted, if you're a politician, I've watched it for years, they get indicted and they walk to a microphone about four minutes later. And ladies and gentlemen, I will be leaving office to fight for my reputation and spend time with my family. I love my family so much. You know, that they're out, digger. With me, I have a big platform so I can explain things. Wow. Uh, he was on one right there. He just went about through about 13 different things. I, I'll give two thoughts. One, he's absolutely correct about Al Capone. If you've ever watched Boardwalk Empire, the series on HBO, the guy that plays Capone, you looked at him the wrong way, smash a bar stool over your back. Uh, but secondly, this is what I mentioned in the big take this morning, the unprecedented nature of these indictments and gag orders against a potential president of the United States. This, to me, from a First Amendment standpoint and freedom of expression and free speech standpoint, this screams Supreme Court case of the United States. Like, this is, there, there's going to be an, a precedent established one way or the other, and I think it will be taken probably all the way up to the highest court of the land long after the 24 election has come and gone. He also spoke on what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, he said, we had peace in the Middle East until this character came along, meaning Joe Biden. And uh, this is cut six. Mike choked off the money to corrupt Palestinian organizations and stood with Israel like no president in history, recognizing the eternal capital opening up the American embassy in Jerusalem and recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. That was a big deal. And with the historic 
Abraham Accords. We had peace in the Middle East. Can you believe that? We had peace until this character came along. He doesn't know what he was doing. His name was Crooked Joe Biden. And under Biden, it's danger, death, and destruction all over the world. That's what it's been. It's been a disaster. Whether it's the borders, whether it's uh, the Middle East, whether it's Ukraine, whether it, everything is, everything is broken. The whole world is broken. It is pretty amazing that when you look at it, and it, whether it's globally or domestically, think about how secure things were, how peaceful things were. You did not have China flying spy balloons over our country. You did not have Putin going into Ukraine. And you did not have terrorist attacks from the Middle East on Israel. I tell you what, he just, he just labeled a, a great campaign message right there under Joe Biden. The three Ds, danger, death and destruction mm-hmm. that, that i mean that that should be bottled right there that should be a sound bite that should be a poster that yeah. should be a billboard because that that's a accurate an accurate assessment of things under joe's watch for three years are you advising him yeah, if he wants to cut me a check <laughs> apparently everybody's a consultant these days and has it figured out i can offer my two cents by the way broadcasting streaming live i should say on youtube youtube.com slash at 1210 wpht please hit the subscribe button i want to get to 5,000 likes by, what did we say? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving right? Thanksgiving. Right. I would like to get to 5,000 likes by Thanksgiving. So if you're watching now, can you be the 5,000th like, please, or uh, subscriber, excuse me. Uh, and can you be the 100th like, too? Please like the, uh, we're at 88 likes right now, and I want to take that up to 100. Uh, we'll take 5,000 likes, too. Slash at 12. Well, of course. Yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to go on a liking binge, go right ahead. Keep keep hitting that button until your finger breaks. Uh, today, I guess we resume. Uh, will Jim Jordan get the 217 votes for uh, Speaker? Mm-hmm. He was asked about this yesterday by Manu Raju from CNN. And uh, he, this was yesterday. So he says, we're going to elect a Speaker tomorrow. Uh, that's what's going to happen. This was Jim Jordan yesterday. Cut three. Uh, Ann Wagner and, and Mike Rogers uh, publicly saying they would support us. Uh, two great members uh, who do all kinds of great work. Um, so that was uh, that was that was really really big. So I feel I feel real good about the momentum we have, and I think we're we're real close. So we're both going to be tomorrow. Do you do you uh, will you go to the floor even if you don't have two hundred seventy votes locked down? That's all, that's how our system our great system works. Um, and we will go to the floor tomorrow. Um, it's not about pressuring anybody. It's just about we got to have a speaker. You can open the house and do the work of the American people and help our dearest and closest friend Israel if you don't have a speaker. So we get the speaker, we, we get the house open, and we get to work on uh, the resolution and, and supplemental for, for Israel. Um, and we get back to work for the American people, and that's what I'm committed to doing, because, and I think it's going to happen tomorrow. Because you had said before you want to have 217 first. Well, I, I do think that's that's ideal, but uh, as one of my colleagues said in the room, I don't know if, if there's any way to ever get that in the room. Mm-hmm. I would love that, but I think the only way to do this is the way the founders intended is you uh, you have the vote tomorrow. Um, we've set it for 12 o'clock, and um, I feel real good about it. Well, you have more than one ballot if you don't get to 217 on the first. We're going to elect the speaker tomorrow. That's that's uh, that's what I think is going to happen. We got to come together. We we have to unify. We have to come together. I feel like these are a bunch of sideline reporters trying to follow the coach into the <laughs> locker room right. at halftime because Jim's got that background as a wrestling coach at Ohio State. Um, I, I thought he he. 
kind of gave you kind of the cliche coach speech there of, you know, uh, I'm hoping to get there. If we don't, we'll proceed the way it was set up, the way it's been intended from the beginning of history. And I do think he's going to have a, a bit of a challenge, and I'm not sure that he gets there. And it's going to be, for those that are, are pro-Jim Jordan, it'll be very frustrating if he doesn't get there for a variety of reasons, uh, least of which is, you know, a bunch of moderates and rhinos that um, want somebody else that's not backed by Donald Trump. Because those those moderates in the Republican Party in the House, they have to answer to their constituents that elected them. So um, it should be a heck of a charade today, and it'll probably be the big take yeah. tomorrow. Muggsy do on the uh, on Twitter uh, says, uh, Dawn, you are correct. Greg Stocker plays down the Kelseys while secretly salivating at the opportunity to get them on the station. True corporate chill trying to get them cheap. <laughs> Are you working the back channels with the sports station to book a Kelsey? Here? I'm not. You and Rod, no, you I, and Rod having conversations? No, I'm, I'm not. I, 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 you know, well, I wouldn't, you know, yeah. I wouldn't sneeze at an opportunity to, uh, right. to, to have Jason Kelsey on. Like, I, yeah. I just, if you had Jason Kelsey, first of all, you two would, like wet your pants a we little would, bit. I would not. Would I, I, I don't get. I don't get yeah. flummoxed over anybody. Yeah, I'm not starstruck by anybody. Honestly, I've never, I've never been that way. A lot of times, I get this question of when I was doing sports. Hey, who's the coolest athlete or coach you ever interviewed? I'm like, honestly, they all sucked. <laughs> like most of the time, they, yes. they're terrible interviews. They are. And this is like, I didn't get into it to like rub elbows and say, hey, I've got. Look at this. I've got Jason Kelsey's cell phone number. Um. So I wanted to play this. I, I saw this yesterday. Actually, you saw this, Nick. Uh, Ro- Robin D'Angelo, she's a writer. She was on some podcast, and she suggests that the movie Frozen <laughs> is promoting racism to kids. <laughs> and if you're a parent, you have seen that Frozen movie and heard that song way too many times oh, yeah. that you would like. So, uh, yeah, she. I mean, she talks about how nobody kids aren't born racist mm-hmm. but by the age of three i believe she says here mm-hmm. uh they start realizing that white is the superior race or something like yeah that. something my, along yeah those my lines. daughter's oh. my daughter's olivia and mia said that to me in 2017 when they were three they said daddy we are the superior race right i said where'd you get that from? <laughs> she said frozen yeah do you want to build a racist snowman let it go <laughs> let it go uh cut number one here daniel challenge is this idea that children are innocent I mean, certainly born innocent, but research shows that by age three, as early as age three, they mm. understand that it's better to be white. <laughs> let, let me be clear. Not that white people are better, but that right. it's just better to be right, white. Right, right. Mm. And let me give you an example of, of uh, Frozen, the movie Frozen. Yeah. Yes. It, huge, this movie, right? Mm. I, I've seen little girls all over the world with the backpacks and... I mean, you can't watch that movie and not know that the ideal is white, blue eyes, blonde hair, red hair. That's just one example. And you can have maybe a frog that turns into a princess for a minute and goes back to a frog and she's a brown girl. But that doesn't that's the exception, not the rule. So don't be naive about what they're what they're internalizing and how early Um and also don't don't be naive that you can just lecture them <laughs> and you know you know you shouldn't and then that's fine what is your life like you know the idea of on the airplane put your oxygen mask on and then turn towards the more vulnerable mm-hmm. so do you have an integrated life you you're telling your children everybody's equal but you 
have never had a person of color at your dinner table. That's a, <laughs> the practice of our lives is so much more powerful than the words we say. So this lady right here, and if you're watching on YouTube, she's white. She's the one who's got like the vaccine status in her profile, the Ukraine flag, the BLM poster in her yard. She's completely insane. She uh, she authored the book White Fragility, by the way. White yeah. Fragility, in, in, in 2018, New so, York Times bestseller. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I, it's it's this type of nonsense. Like at three years old. Like, your little boy is probably sticking a Lego in his mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, he can't get the food his in, nose. His, in his nose. <laughs> but yet he's arrived at the conclusion yep. that while white people aren't necessarily better, it's the inherent belief that there's a built-in advantage to being white. Are you kidding me? And, oh, go ahead, Don. No, you're on a rank. I, was just I love say, it. I was just going to say another thing, too. If, if we got to rank maybe one day the most annoying things about gr- raising children, because I would put Frozen and that song and that movie <laughs> almost at the top along with Baby Shark. No. Yeah. Which, by the way, apparently, and I have the story here somewhere. It was, it was handed to me earlier this morning. Um, there is some of the Hamas um, uh, terrorists that have been captured have apparently been tortured by having to listen to a ver- uh, a similar yeah, version of Baby Shark. Are you kidding? I swear to God, it's oh, in the boy. New York Post. Wow. Which that is torture. It is. They should. Yeah, it is. I would like. You know what? That should be a mandated thing moving forward for all captured terrorists. Force them to watch the View, listen to Baby Shark, and then um, listen to uh, yeah. Sports Talk Radio the day after a loss. You know, I. Uh... I've been saying for most of my career here that I absolutely hate war and I don't want war. Mm-hmm. Um, I change it. We need to go to war um, because it would take um, it would take th- this kind of nonsense out yeah. of the forefront. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like it would take these debates that we're having about what is racism is frozen racist or not out of the lexicon of human beings because we would we would be concerned for our safety. Yeah, these people. You know. The, the greatest point I can make about this is that <clears throat> it's not the it's not the color of your skin or your ethnicity. It's your zip code. So I was looking up the, the wealthiest zip codes in Pennsylvania, for example. If your zip code is one nine zero three five, and that's where you that's Gladwin, Pennsylvania. Oh God. Okay, which is one of, is the wealthiest zip code. That's what they're saying that I duck duck goat it. So if you're if that's one zero nine three five, whether you're black or brown or a, a shade of white, uh, whether whatever your religion, whatever, if that's where you reside and that's where you're born, mm-hmm. you have a greater chance of being successful. And so the answer is, okay, well, let's put housing in 10935. Let's put housing in Montgomery County, which, by the way, in Montco, which has turned blue, they are vehemently opposing like public housing right now in Montgomery County. They're oh. having, having a fit. It's just like sanctuary cities uh-huh. until they realize, oh, it's on my doorstep yep. now. And, but that truly is the way to take, if you, if you started moving people, let's say a, 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 you know, a group of people in a poor zip code like Philadelphia and you gave them vouchers and you move them in Gladwin, right? And you mix up that pool and you give, you know, job opportunities and the top education opportunities, you will see change. Yep. Nobody wants to do that for multiple reasons. And in part, they don't want to do it because, for example, in Philadelphia, they have blocks of voters who, for whatever reason, just keep on voting D despite the disaster, as you said, the D's, the disaster we see. Yep. But it has nothing to do with your skin color. If you're born black, 
or brown or whatever in 10935, I promise you, you're doing great in life. You're going to be just fine. It's your zip code. Mm. I like that. That's a, good, that's a good thesis by you. If you're uh, if you're watching right now on YouTube, uh, while Dawn was on her rant, Nick was uh, sifting through the garbage. Yes, I, I'm trying. I'm, Are you I'm, looking for a snack, honey? No, I'm, I'm trying I'm to find. Go to the fridge I'm trying to find that baby shark Hamas. <laughs> I know I had it. Did you throw it out? I think I might have. Oh okay. no! I'm having like Biden moments in here. I just don't know where I'm at. Exit left. Exit well, right. Well, anyway. <laughs> I'll find it for you. I can see. I'm like, what is he looking for? Yeah, is um, he looking for his paper with zip codes on it? <laughs> uh, here's here's another one. This is a this is a grown adult, I believe, born female, but I could be wrong. Oh, Having a complete breakdown because they were misgendered, literally crying in the car. On uh, TikTok or wherever this was filmed. You know, I regret two days ago saying I miss all the TikTok audio we used to play. I was a little Hamased out. I yeah. wanted TikTok meltdowns. I, I, you know, I walked that back, sir. I figured the audience was too. That's why I started the first half of the cut sheet with stuff that's not that. Yeah. Um, and now you're instantly regretting it. Uh, this is cut seven, Daniel. Hi, calling friends. Nobody's picking up, so I just am going to dump this here. It's oh the middle of the day. I completely understand, but I just had a really harrowing experience. Harrowing. I have this one coworker who simply refuses to use the correct pronouns for me. I've called her out every time she misgenders me, and she just is resigned to not change. And today just broke something in me. I just snapped. I ended up yelling at her after the third time she misgendered me and within like 30 minutes like they they i use they them pronouns and she got so defensive can i ask one question sure where what um i don't know this person but Mm -hmm. what job are they working at because boy if i was their boss i'd be like boy you guys have a lot of free time on your hands Yeah. yeah You know, I, I, I've never been, and I granted, you know, with our shift, there's not a lot of human beings in the building when we're here, but I've never been in any work environment in the last, I don't know, let's call it seven or eight years where this pronoun thing has become a thing, where I've ever encountered anybody re- using pronouns out of their way and really reinforcing it. Like, do, do these meltdowns really happen in the workplace, or are these just, like, psychotic, delusional episodes on TikTok? Well, I mean... it. Honestly, if I'm a if I'm an employer and I'm looking at this, I'm like, what? Really, this is this is what triggers you? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm not giving you enough work. Yes. Like <laughs> so, if you have time to post this, then you better be at or, like 110 percent of your quota or wherever you, you do for a job. Or they're all kibitzing around and 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 talking about how you misgendered somebody. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. We continue. And I just started explaining to her, like, I'm sick and tired of this Like, you need to at least make an attempt. And she popped off, got upset, got defensive. What are you going to do about it? And I just said, I'm going to be really hurt and sad. Like, that's all I can do about it. And the worst part is that at that point, my boss, who claimed... All right, we need war. Uh Uh-oh, the boss. We need war. I agree. We need war. Get get Lindsey Graham on the phone. Yeah. Where's Lindsey? Lindsey, I'm with you. Let's start bombing Iran. Let's go. (laughs) Um, So The draft starts tomorrow. (laughs) Who's got the first pick? Um, Here's the thing, too, with with the the use of the pronoun in any uh, work setting where, I don't know, you're in the office kitchen. What what is the exchange of the conversation like where the pronoun is used improperly? Because you know, I'm assuming that's a that's a girl right there, correct? 
Yes. Okay. Biological mm-hmm. female. Yeah. So let's just they, say them. let's just say her name is Jessica. Okay. If you just refer to her as oh hey Jessica or uh, oh that looks like a, a nice little uh, lunch you have there Jessica, you you avoid the potential conflict of the pronoun debate just by using their legal name. I would think is an easy solution mm-hmm. to avoid any triggering of said deranged individual. Right. Agreed. So I mean I, I I'm trying to think of. How the conversation goes where the employee uses the wrong pronoun and then we'll call her Jessica. She goes off the off the deep end. I'm, I'm just trying to picture this play out in real time. I see. I don't think these things happen. I think these are all That's what I wonder. I, I, I'm telling you. Yeah. Look, I get it. There's there, there some of it. Yes. Some of the, this hatred exists. But this nonstop like let's I feel like TikTok, like 25 percent of their content is this, which Agreed. is why I'll never be on it. Um, Sylvia on the YouTube chat writes, Greg, I hate to agree with you, but yes, you are right. Why do you hate to agree with me? About what? What? I I don't, I don't know. People just love to take shots at me. They do. You are, you are an easy target. Yeah. Uh, I I have the, uh, baby shark story, by the way, from the New York Post. Uh, Opelka also texted it to me, so he must be listening. So there's a video that purports to show tied Hamas terrorists tortured with a baby (laughs) shark like children's song. A viral video seemingly shows captured Hamas terrorists being subjected to a novel form of torture, a baby shark-style children's song being played on a loop for eight consecutive hours. Wow. The purported prisoners are seen blindfolded and bound as they sit on the ground amid the blaring strains of Memtera Amentara, which translates to Sprinkler with a Target, the Israeli news media website Walla reported. I've never heard of that song. I don't know. Maybe we could play it a little bit later. Uh, Mamtara Im Matara. I guess. I don't know. Is that like a, a Middle Eastern version of the Baby Shark style song? Which, by the way, is probably the most annoying song a parent has ever heard. How do you spell it? Uh, Mamtara Mimtara. M-A-M. Oh, I just put it back in the trash can. Uh, M-A-M-T-E-R-A. And then space. I-M. Space. M A T A R A. Matara? Mamtara? I'm Matara? I have no idea. Which translates to uh, sprinkler with a target. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's on YouTube. We might have to make that the official theme song of Kale and Company no, as, we, uh, as we take out Hamas. Uh, we continue. It seems to be so woke. Oh, by the way, she's talking about her, uh, her boss who claims Uh-oh. to be so woke, but I guess is not as woke as they then would like. Okay them to be something we continue it's like happy and joyous and making a safe positive environment for everybody gangs up on me with her and says like this is carson like shut up this is not the time for a political statement <laughs> and i oh was gosh. upset rightfully so but was t- trying to take such a level-headed approach to it of like this is not a political statement my identity is not a political statement it's just my identity all i'm asking you to do is respect that and it really is within our own community <laughs> that people have the most rampant transphobia like the co-worker that refuses to use the correct pronouns for me claims to be bisexual and she stands up and goes when i came out as bisexual everybody was mad at me it's like then why are you mad at the trans kid oh like God. what wow. you want to inflict that imagine? same pain on just talked about Dawn. so self you see how she mentions there the bisexual yeah. there it's not lesbian gay or bisexual yeah. it's the trans portion yep. of all those letters 
that are completely out of out of touch. Yeah, and there's a resentment, and and that's what. Can you imagine the drama at this workplace? Oh my god, I can't even take it. The, it's like the boss. The boss should be fired for yeah. allowing this sort of uh, you, stuff to happen. I don't care about your sex life, your pronouns. Yeah, exactly. Just get to work and shut up. Yeah, exactly. The, the obsession with Jeez. identity is amazing. Like identity is now taken on this form of life of what you were born as, what you aspire to be, and what you feel you are at any given moment. Like, I always thought my identity was, um, I used to play sports, and then I talked in front of a microphone. Like, that was my identity. Uh, my identity was, I was with the same woman for 20-plus years. Their identity is, like, this just warped obsession with what they are. And it's like, I feel like 99 out of 100 people don't care what you are. But, like, they're making it sound like nobody can understand it, and they have to keep reiterating it. There's a, lo- there's a, lot, of, uh, there's a lot of consensus on the YouTube chat uh, that this, this person is, is attractive. I, you know, I, I, I recognize her face. I think we've played her work before. <laughs> have we? I think so. She looks familiar. I mean, we'd have to go through the uh, the long litany of past TikTok clips we've played in one year, but Ken, I swear she looks familiar. Ken John Wright. She's cute, dressed like a girl. Um, yeah, I yeah, guess. That's... Yeah, I, I mean, she's she's obviously dressed like a man. Yeah, but... but but you know what's very unattractive is where she had that like little outburst right there. I don't know if we can go back and isolate this her. Is that but... high pitch? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, okay. Well, she's. I, I mean, like she's obviously that that s crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, anybody who goes the way that they, them go. Mm-hmm. Like, she don't. just she just <laughs> randomly e- elevated her voice like Joe Biden does. Yeah. Like, when Joe starts yelling out of the blue. Um, all right, let me play a little bit more of this. I'm going to continue where I left off, Daniel. Me? Why? It's so frustrating because then my boss spins it around as, like, I'm the one who's making a scene and is being, like, over-emotional or oversensitive. And it's like... All I am asking is for you to make an attempt to try and respect my gender identity. And they're both just going at me like, this is not the time. We're trying our best. You should be compassionate and understanding. You should just accept it with love and move on. Like, (laughs) Well, Mike Mike Carr writes, it's a dude. Is this a guy who is like a... I I think that's a female. I do too. Yeah. But I don't know. Is there a, the Adam's apples? That's <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Good God. Um, I I don't know. YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHD. Can, we, can we isolate her in box four? Uh, no. No? Uh, <laughs> no. A little bit more, please. It's so frustrating. I literally was shaking so hard. I just got up and left. I came to the beach. I didn't know what else to do. I was so mad. But this is just no, this is, so hard. This is a, it's this so hard to be out yeah. and be vocal about it. It's so hard to stand up for yourself because either you are a doormat or you're the bitch that like is over emotional and uh-huh. calls everybody yeah, out. You would for be the latter. Yeah, you're clearly you're <laughs> wow. clearly over emotional, yeah, sweetheart. You are B, that's for sure. <laughs> oh my wow. lord! Oh, it's beyond B. Yeah, I mean, it's just this that... is a train wreck. This is somebody who's suffering a mental health crisis yep. and is feel, feeling like it's okay to talk about me, 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 instead of 
doing your job and being professional. I'm glad you say that, too, about me, me, me. This is such a self-absorbed, self-righteous group of people. I mean, they literally obsess over what their identity is based on their beliefs. And then they also obsess over how you perceive them. Like they, lit- I feel like they literally go through the workday at the office just worried about what people think. Like, you ever notice you've been around somebody in, in the line of work and they're very self-conscious, they're very self-aware? Like, this is that group right here which reinforces my belief that it's a mental health breakdown because I'm not even sure they truly believe what they say. It's just that they have this this feeling inside that something's wrong. Like when you're aware that you're having either a mental breakdown or you have mm-hmm. a physical ailment. I, you know, I tell you what, I think you can make a lot of money as a psychologist or a psychiatrist in yeah. this day and age treating these people. I will say if this is all true and they have a co- they have a coworker who purposely Set, it won't say they them um I, you know i would say to that person just say they them. like i i have debated this with different people but if somebody were here in my co- workspace and they wanted to be called they them i'm gonna call them they them because yeah. i don't i first of all it's just like why do i put deodorant on you know what i mean it's the same thing i'm just going to be respectful and also i don't want to deal with that right well, i don't want to so- trigger anybody I guess, what, I'm, as I said before, I was trying to figure out how these conversations go. It would be like, let's just say, and I know Daniel Valdez does not use pronouns, but instead of me saying uh, Daniel uh, was down at the printer grabbing a story as I'm talking to Greg, I would have to then say, like if Daniel, instead of saying he was down at the printer, I now have to say, imagine how weird this is in a conversation. Greg goes, hey, where's uh, where's Valdez at? Uh, they slash them went down to get me the New York Post story. Like... And you just take a step back and you're like, wow, I just said that. Like, that's think about how awkward that sounds. And they want this to be like common practice in the workplace. The confusing thing is I was just helping till 11 something last night. My son write a paper for English and they use the guide, a book that isn't for academic writing. It's called They Say, I Say. So uh, to me, I was thinking about it. I didn't even bring it up because we were like, you know, jamming on a paper, but the the point is it's it's a guidebook for how to write english oh. i just wonder in english and grammar classes if you have a student like this mm. which we know they exist of course then how do you i mean you're talking about they say i say you're talking about a grammar book that's really how how to do papers for high school and college i scream you scream we all scream <laughs> But can you only imagine the confusion? And what if English is your second language? Oh, God. And you're in college in this country? You're like, what? You'd be like, I'm going back to my homeland. <laughs> These Americans are crazy. Yeah. Look, I, you know, with this Odyssey is one of the most inclusive work yes. places I've ever worked. And it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievably, you know, nobody cares here about, no. about no. skin color, gender, nope. anything, you know, sexual preference. But we all hire everybody here to do a job. Yeah. And if your job, whether you're upset uh, that Johnny uh, drank the last of the coffee and you have a mental breakdown because of that or that he misgendered you, it's the same thing of like, like okay, get your S together. Mm-hmm. And and do your job. Yeah, that's that's what this whole thing is about. It's well, not it's not about what they you know reference themselves at. I could 
I could care less. Right. All I care about is that you do your job well. And obviously, there's no work going on here because they're worried mm-hmm. about who's, right. you know, what gender somebody is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would also think, too, that you, you see all these stories and you're like, man, I would hate to be an HR person in this day and age. No, you wouldn't. Because HR basically has to adhere to everything that the, quote, community under attack says. So what what really becomes the big problem is you did nothing wrong, but our little buddy here on TikTok is crying and elevating her voice at random parts of her speech, and you're automatically presumed to have done something wrong. And by the way, whatever company that is, now that this has gone viral, I can almost guarantee you that boss is going to get fired. There's going to be lawsuits. Yeah. There's going to be like there's yeah. there's giant repercussions from this. This is not just some what what appears to me as a mentally ill person having a breakdown in a car. Yeah. There's there's going to be legal repercussions in this for that company. I also think too, and I would love to see the numbers on uh, these types of meltdowns or just this community in general. We know that about nine percent of America identifies as either lesbian, gay, bisexual, or anything else under the LGBTQ plus umbrella. But I mean, are are these meltdowns happening in other nations around the globe? <laughs> no, no. And I, and I know this doesn't exist in the Middle East because they will cut your head off. So uh, yes. for all the queer people that stand with Palestine, just know. They will cut your head off. Yes. Um, but like, is this going on in Sweden or Norway or um, Finland or Italy or or any civilized well, yeah, other nation? Yeah. The more the more Western democracies, yes, this is going because we, you know we all have it too good here. And I'm going to sound like an old man yeah. when I say that, but we do. But we, I, like the fact that we can bitch and complain about this shows that like. Yeah. Y- you know, stuff is okay. We're, you know, we're doing just fine here. It can't be to the same level, though, that we're seeing in the United States. Like, I can't imagine this I don't is... Know, the UK, I think this happens a lot. Yeah, in the UK. Sweden and Norway. Yeah. yeah. They're uh, Scandinavian countries, but they're not. Nobody's triggered because they're like, okay, say what you are. Right. That's, but they're still productive. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And by the way, this doesn't trigger me. It doesn't trigger any of us. I don't care what this person does or identifies as. But like, obviously, obviously, it's it's just it's it's sad to play because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, like this person could be working at this place and doing a good job. And instead, they're worried about what gender they're being. Yeah, I I don't have to worry about this in the workplace because I'm out of here at 10.02 each day. And most human beings are still not here except for on Tuesday. I worry about having to encounter this situation if I go to a restaurant with a waitress or I go through a fast food drive or going through the Starbucks drive-thru for coffee. Like, all of a sudden, I've got somebody with uh, purple hair and a nose ring who's mad that I didn't tip them. You you gave me the wrong coffee. And next thing Mm -hmm. you know, we have a conversation. And I don't use your pronouns. Next thing I know, the coffee's on my lap. Well, uh, speaking of college campuses, let's go there. Let's go to... uh Cornell University. Uh, This is a professor, Russell Rickford, who was speaking about the uh, Hamas terrorist attacks, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, he said this at a rally. This is cut eight. It was exhilarating. Exhilarating. It was exhilarating. It was energizing. If they weren't exhilarated, this I was exhilarated. It was exhilarating talking about the terrorist attacks by Hamas. This oh is a God. Cornell University professor, Russell Rickford. You know, still has um, a job, by the way. Right. 
you know, I, I think of certain sporting events with dramatic endings as exhilarating. I think of certain roller coaster rides that are exhilarating. I don't find it exhilarating when innocent human beings are slaughtered by radical nutjobs. I mean, again, Cornell, Ivy League, all of these institutions, Penn, Harvard, uh, Dartmouth, Yale, Cornell, they're all, they're, and think about how sick they are with the price tag that comes with it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, uh, this is uh, this is a video. We can describe it for the people who can't get over to uh, YouTube. But if you want to go over right now, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT if you want to see this video. These are students at New York University, NYU, uh, ripping down posters of the missing women and children that Hamas terrorist attack took hostage. So they have posters of them around the right. college. Right. And these, uh, these people are uh, ripping them uh, down. This is cut at nine, Daniel. <laughs> So you can see them taking them and just ripping them off the wall. Ripping them off the wall there. And two uh two yep. large two larger women uh and a man in a uh, black hoodie and yep. uh and there's another video that shows them putting them in the yeah. trash. Presumably too, so. like a student union center where you can post like flyers for things like book for sale or whatever. They've got those pictures up. So the the same people yanking down uh hostage uh posters of either Americans or Jewish people are the same people that probably got triggered over anybody walking in their yard and taking down their <laughs> BLM poster or Ukraine flag. Interesting. I just, you know, you brought this up. We brought this up a lot this week. I just, this is happening a lot on college campuses. And it, it is, it's it's out in the open. And the anti-Semitism is, is you know, this isn't, white dudes with tiki torches mm-hmm. saying you know Jews will not replace us but this is a you know these are Ivy League schools where there is just this anti-semitism that's just out in the open you and know they, and 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 they're pro- yeah. like they're they're protesting it right i i've long believed in the first amendment i love free speech but i've also said on this show in my opinion that does not give you the right to use hate speech or violence you know oh i can walk into a movie theater and yell fire okay yeah well and then you're gonna get arrested for doing so uh so i don't understand how this can be permitted by any of these leaders of these universities these deans these presidents um probably going to do a big take tomorrow on these universities and kind of the uh, de-evolution of these uh, big institutions. And uh, one of the clips I'm going to play is this girl in the state of Washington, Jewish female, who is literally crying and pleading to one of the uh, one of the um, institutional leaders on campus out like in the courtyard about how like these pro-Palestinian students are chanting like death to Israel and kill the Jews. And she's crying and she's like, you have to like like they want me dead. How are you supporting yeah. that? Like how is visible on campus? Uh, I said this earlier. I you know you want these these universities uh, to change, um, then then cut off the funding. Yep. You know what I mean. Like like donors need to, uh, and and some of them are doing it already. It's sad that it took this for that to happen. Right. It should have happened long ago in my opinion uh but hey you know that's that's the only way these universities are going to get the message if their funding dries up that's correct and speaking of that funding uh this story billionaires who have pumped 500 million dollars into ivy league schools back out over the failure to condemn the hamas terror attack on israel 
Harvard and the University of Penn face losing hundreds of millions in future endowments. Uh, You have billionaire Ken Griffin, who has requested that Harvard take a robust stance in defense of Israel. Uh, He is no longer going to be giving any money. He actually just pledged $300 million last year alone to Harvard. Imagine giving up $300 million in a year, how sick sick you have to be money-wise to give that up. And then you have John Huntsman Jr., former U.S. Yeah. ambassador. He has stripped UPenn of his support. Uh, and when you add it all up, it comes to just under $500 million. Wow. That, that's good. that is going to be effective. Yeah. That is going to, that's going to cause the leadership at UPenn and all these to be like, wait, wait a minute, guys. What do we, you know, we have a mutiny on our hands here. We need to mm-hmm. nip this in the bud. And again, I know, did you, Talk about the story about the uh, law professor. The law professor? I have that here. Okay. Yep, All right. Um, I do. Then I'll wait to get my okay. opinion on that. Uh, you also mentioned earlier, Nick, uh, that you believe war is imminent. Will it be with the United States if we don't know or not? Israeli's uh, defense minister uh, said yesterday that this will be a long war. The price will be high, but we are going to win. This is cut five. Mr. Secretary, this will be... A long war. By the way, let me just, uh, I'm going to start this over, Daniel. Uh, he was speaking uh, to to uh, uh, Secretary Anthony Blinken. Uh, I'm starting in server cut five. Mr. Secretary, this will be a long war. The price will be high, but we are going to win for Israel, for the Jewish people, and, and for the values that both countries Believe in. So I said yeah, in the big take this morning, or actually coming out of the big take around 645, the United States with basically be ready to be deployed messaging to 2,000 troops, another 2,000 that will come via the Red Sea. So you've got America investing 4,000 more American lives to this conflict. Doesn't seem to be like the way they're positioning it as combat ready, but more of like aid and assistance. And to me, this is going to be one of those things where, will they wipe out Hamas? Absolutely. I think the bigger concern is the advanced stages that Hezbollah has reached. Uh, Brett Baer had some panelists and some expert on last night. Hezbollah's got 100,000 soldiers, and they have 130,000 missile drones. Uh, this will not be an easy battle for Israel and the United States when we talk about in totality. Like, they'll they'll crush Hamas. Hamas is like minor. Hamas is like the Reading Phillies to Hezbollah (laughs) being the Philadelphia Phillies. So that's going to be wiped out pretty quickly. But um, to me, I I think all the writing is there on the wall. Like, it's just a matter of when does the the explosion happen, so to speak. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, put on his big boy pants and uh, said that Canada asked Hamas to free all the hostages immediately because Justin Trudeau said so. This is cut uh, 14. Parmi les milliers de... Mr. Speaker, among the thousands of people affected by this violence, five Canadians were murdered by Hamas terrorists. Three Canadians are reported missing Obviously, this is and maybe hostages. I know that all parliamentarians and Canadians' thoughts are with them and their loved ones. Canada asks Hamas to free all the hostages immediately. No word if uh, 
Hamas has responded to those, Justin Trudeau. Those, those Canadians, that made, that's a tough bargain. <laughs> we are asking you to release those hostages. A. If you don't, we'll just go on with our lives. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the Trudeau, you know, you think Biden's imposing. <laughs> wait, wait, till, wait till the little soy boy Trudeau gets up there. His, his little almond milk. <laughs> Trudeau. Who takes that guy seriously? Release them immediately. Oh don't. God. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We don't. No, no, no. Yeah. That's fine. Please. Yeah. Was he waving the white flag as oh he was saying God. that? Just embarrassing. <laughs> I'm telling you, these nations that have evil intentions like Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, they just look at Biden and they look at Trudeau and they're like, this is what the West has to offer. Uh, George W. Bush weighed in on the Israel-Hamas war. Uh, he says negotiating with killers is not uh, the option. Obviously, we know him from uh, the <laughs> well, former president. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, Iraq war, uh, this is what he said, cut four. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be chaotic. And it's going to be, look, it's a democracy. And- Boy, he got old, didn't he? Oh, he did. Oh, my lord. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeks are all rosy. Uh, yikes. Yeah. Uh, sorry. No, we continue. Uh, l- actually, let me start it over. Dan. Okay. I'm going to start over at cut four here. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be, look, it's a democracy and in a democracy, the people's voices matter and there's going to be a weariness. You watch the world's going to be, okay, let's negotiate. You know, Israel's got to negotiate. They're not going to negotiate. These people have played, played their cards. They want to kill as many Israelis as they can. And negotiating with killers is not an option for the elected government of Israel. And so we're just going to have to remain steadfast. But it's not going to take long. For That's gone on too long. Surely there's a way to settle this through negotiations. Both sides are guilty. My view is one side is guilty, and it's not Israel. Uh, I agree with that, by the way. Yes, I agree with that as well. But, uh, you know, Bush has never seen a war he didn't like. <laughs> so true. he's a lot like Lindsey Graham from the standpoint of, hey, man, let's send some bodies over there and let's start blowing some stuff up because that's what the Bushes are all about. I mean, you're right. He did age. I, you know, he's also kind of, he's been out of the spotlight. You know, you think about the last 25 years of former presidents and families. You know, the Clintons are always in the spotlight. The Obama's always in the spotlight. Trump, certainly. He, uh, you don't hear much from Bush. No. and Compared to the others. There's a reason for that, too, by the way. I just think he's, you know. He's, he's done living with, his life. He's done with it. Yeah. He is uh, 77 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Famous Trump, right? I, you know what's funny is that you always have... You always have people locked in a certain age in your mind. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have this too? Yeah. And yeah. in my mind, George W. Bush is always the guy at ground zero. Like yeah. that image of him, like his face. I don't mean like what he was mm-hmm. doing yeah, or yeah. what he was saying. I mean his face. That is the image I have and will always have of George W. Bush. I always think of him throwing out first pitch at Yankee Stadium yeah. after 9-11 mm-hmm. in the World Series. But, yep. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Bill Clinton, the same way. I mean, if you look like Bill Clinton, he looks deflated and he looks terrible. He looks like he's on his yeah. deathbed. Well, he's had a lot of health problems. But but in my mind, he's always, you know, the you know, I think of the DNC convention in 1996, you know, when he's giving a speech, uh, to, you know, in Chicago. Like, that's that image will always be in my mind as far as uh, Bill Clinton goes. So when you see him, it's yeah. just like, oh my God. I'm He's al- also 77. Oh. He's Clinton 77. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jesus. 
That's why when you see Clinton and George W. together, right? You you know you realize but, Clinton's health problems. But he again, looks twenty years older. But again, we're talking about former presidents here who are seventy-seven, and now we're talking about electing one who is seventy-seven or yeah, one that's 81. eighty-one. Yeah, yeah. So like, boy, how far we've come. AOC was on uh, CNN last night. She was uh, commenting on Ron DeSantis's comment on Gaza refugees. Okay. You know, there's this debate about whether the United States should take in uh, these refugees from Gaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, she called what uh, DeSantis uh, said uh, destructive. Yeah. She also brought up uh, the six-year-old boy that was stabbed. And she links those two together, saying basically it's rhetoric like this that it's, gets it's, it's innocent, innocent six-year-old uh-huh. stabbed. Yeah. Uh, cut 12 AOC here. I absolutely think there's an openness, for sure. I want to get you to respond to uh, something that a Republican candidate for President Ron DeSantis said about the potential for refugees from Gaza. Just take a listen. And I don't know what Biden's going to do, but... We cannot accept people from Gaza into this country as refugees. I am not going to do that. Uh, If you look at how they behave, not all of them are Hamas, but they are all anti-Semitic. None of them believe in Israel's right to exist. Uh, There's a lot in there, but I wonder for you, is he touching on something that, uh, that is perhaps real here? Should Arab countries be taking on the lion's share of the burden yes. to absorb oh, what could be over a million, if not more, refugees from Gaza. I think there's something to be said about the region's partners being able to support and step up Palestinians. However, that does not abdicate the United States from our historic role that we've played in the world of accepting refugees and allowing people to restart their lives here. And I also want to address something very specific about what uh, Governor DeSantis said when he said, quote unquote, all Gazans are anti-Semitic. How incredibly destructive and dangerous that rhetoric is. We just had a six-year-old boy stabbed 26 times this morning because of rhetoric like that. And oh, it is oh, dangerous. Yeah. It is unacceptable. It is reckless. And no leader in the United States of America should be amplifying a message like that. So I'm just going to throw this number back into AOC's face. Um, And by the way, if I was hosting that show with her, I would ask her this question. And I I thought some prayers to CNN if Abby Phillip is in a primetime slot permanently, because that's just god awful. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, There are 49 nations around the globe where Muslim is the predominant religion. Mm -hmm. Why is the United States the YMCA shelter for every refugee across the planet? Yeah. What, what, like we have enough homeless people that are Americans in this country. Vets. Why are vets people that serve this nation? Right. Why are we always the one? We talk about the southern border and people coming up from Mexico and then these sanctuary cities saying, "Oh my God, I didn't realize how many there were. We're full. We can't help it. We don't, there's nothing left. Please help us out, President Biden." I don't understand the belief that America should welcome in. Again, keep that in mind. 49 nations. I don't know how many countries there are on the planet, but 49 are like, and here's the thing. And and I've heard a few people say this on, I think it was on Fox, but nobody really wants to just echo it. Um, Nobody wants to take in the Palestinian refugees. Iraq doesn't want them. Iran, Syria, Jordan. Nobody wants these people. And I'm not one of these people that will blanket statement everything. I mean, I think a large majority of them are anti-Semitic, but not every single one. That being said, 
I'm sorry. The United States is not a Motel 6 for everybody to leave their country and come here. Yeah. It, 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 and just because we've done it in the past, like every situation is different. We just – we can't – we already have a problem with an open border and people coming in that we lose contact with and, and you know, are – they're on terrorist watch list. We already have a problem with that. We can't invite more of that into this country. I'm no. sorry, but we can't. No. So, no. like, I, you know, look, I feel for these citizens that uh, that have no place to go. But not everything is our problem. Well, and not also, everything is our issue. Let's also point out the hypocrisy too. You can't hate the West and hate America and hate what it stands for, and then expect to be welcomed here and want to come here. Like, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I'm never going to a Dallas Cowboys game. That would be hypocritical of me to do. So you can't sit there and say death to America and hate America, and then when the opportunity to come here arises, you're like, oh, I would love to come here. And it doesn't work that way. Uh, Secret Squirrel writes, Nick, uh, Muslim is not a religion anywhere. Islam is Islam, a religion. Yes, okay. Did right. you say Muslim is I a guess. religion? I okay. guess. Okay. I say 38,000 words a day. <laughs> Get over it. I'm not dealing with snowflakes. <laughs> don't don't get angry. Don't no, get not angry. You. No, I'm just tired of some of these people. Okay. Every freaking word. I'm sorry. You do a show. I'm sorry. I triggered him. No, I, that's I didn't fine. mean yeah. to do that. No, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, so I'm, I am aware Islam is the predominant faith, <laughs> and it's Palestine, not Palestinian. I got you. Do, would you like to hear some hate towards me to make you feel better, Nick? No, I just want to. You know, I, I, we're all under attack. I, we're just trying to save democracy here. <laughs> I'd rather play Baby Shark. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Will Smith in Bad Boys. Woo saw. Um, we played uh, one of her clips yesterday. I want to play another one. Secretary Janet uh, Yellen, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, was on with Sky News. Yeah, and they asked about um, Joe Biden running again, and you know his age and mental state. I saw this, and she said this. This is cut two. I know you're not backing uh, a woman to be president in the next election because I know you'll be backing President Biden uh, loud and loud and clear. Does he still have the energy for another five years Ab- in this job? Absolutely. He's um, very involved, very um, vibrant, um, <laughs> is doing an excellent job. Um, I, and I think when we face the kinds of troubles that we have in the Middle East, you can see the benefit of um, deep experience and understanding of global issues. Vibrant energy. There you go. I, I don't use those two adjectives in a sentence with Joe Biden ever in my life. Janet Yellen did not believe a word she just said right there. <laughs> There's no way she could believe that. Which, by the way, um, speaking of interviews mm. in, in that setting, I, I saw, and we, I know you played some of Scott Pelley with Joe Biden yesterday from 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes, yeah. Pelley is getting crushed across the country today for basically leading with like leading questions to every like i i didn't even pick up on it because i was trying to focus on what joe's responses were he bailed joe out on every question he gave him the answer and over every question if you get a chance and you can watch it on demand or whatever or on youtube go back and listen to the way scott pelly helps joe biden out get through those answers i didn't i didn't even pick up i didn't pick up on it either but i i saw a few clips that were posted and he definitely did. It's like the way that we just, I shouldn't say we, the, the mainstream media gives the softball, easy, 
like escape out the back door for Biden is unbelievable. Yeah, they don't. They never do that with Trump. Let me try and find some examples, and I okay. Maybe I'll have that for nine forty-five. Okay. Um. So the late shows came back uh, last week, I guess it was, or maybe it was the week before. I don't remember. Two weeks. Um, <laughs> but if nobody's watching, did they really come back? Well, uh, uh, the late show with Stephen Colbert. Uh, he. He has COVID, <laughs> so he did a show yesterday. He got COVID already. Uh, I'm sure he's boosted and <laughs> has 19 vaccines. S- he, symptoms are mild. He has COVID, <laughs> so he did the show from his house. Oh god! Uh, which you can all always—it's really when he does the monologue where he does without an audience laughing at everything he says. The boy, the jokes don't land. It sucks even more than it there's, normally does. Yeah, there's something I would have just said to him like his producers i would have just been like you know what i'm just gonna like i can't come back until i test negative so like let's just you know we've been off for six months it doesn't matter let's just have a rerun let's yeah exactly but he decided to go on the air and this is what he sounded like and what he looks like you have to see this video too on youtube youtube.com slash at 1210 wph cut 11 daniel welcome welcome one and all to the late show please have a seat no please Thank you. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Uh, Keen-eyed viewers may notice tonight's show looks just a little different. I am not presently in the Ed Sullivan Theater. I'm in the Ed Sullivan House. Because this morning, I woke up feeling uh, not great. Uh, Here we go. Flaming throat, a little sweaty, coffee. I took one of those at-home tests, Mm. and it said that I am not pregnant. Then I took a COVID test, and it told me I am pregnant with COVID. So I took see three what I, more tests. Yeah. See what I mean about the jokes just not know. landing? Like he, exactly. he look he looks like he's in like a hospital room with a curtain behind yeah, him. Yeah. And wait, did he just did I just see that they posted the, yes. the picture of his tests? Yeah, he had four tests and he and four. he posted them. So like he, he, well, yeah, he, he need sh- <laughs> you need to show visual proof as if we don't believe you that you don't had, care that you had, yeah. your throat was sore. He's fine. Yeah. He's, he's good enough new- to do the freaking show. Yeah. <laughs> do your job again. Exactly. But this is work avoid all these the Greg's whole show is all about people who are doing work avoidance. Yes, exactly. Uh, talking about themselves. Uh, Just be funny, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, do you notice what I'm saying though about yeah. without the yeah. audience there to right. laugh these uh-huh. jokes just kind of like he needs to I'm not saying he's not funny. I am. But not that the jokes aren't funny, but he needs a different cadence or yeah. pace. It further highlights how good we are at our jobs because we don't have a live studio audience or 14,000 producers, yep. yet we put on a great performance every day. Amen. And this schmuck's making $16 million a year, and he stinks. Uh, he continues. And they all agreed. I just want to take a second here to salute the manufacturers oh for God. making such a consistent and reliable product. This is a pharma spot. But did it really have to be so reliable? I was really looking forward to meeting Jada Pinkett Smith tonight. The only upside is, since I am isolating, no one can slap me for having her name in my mouth. So that's it. Wow. I have COVID-19. Again. Even though it's 2023. Yeah. I should at least have something new, like COVID-23. I hear it has a better camera and a USB-C charging port, so you can use it in Europe. Wow. I, I, I just, like, yeah. the, these jokes are just, I, I they're brutal just, without I, the I, audience. I would just take his words. It's 2023, and you're talking about testing positive for COVID. 
And by the way, dude, like just just don't do a show. Yeah, like it's fine. Right. The world had, went on for months without you. It can do another. Yeah. whatever it is, seven and, days. And like by the way, too, if you test positive for COVID anymore, I think the so in a lot of places you still have to notify the boss or whatever, and you stay home. But once you tell the people that need to know, like your employer. Your immediate family, maybe anybody you were directly in contact with in the workplace, you don't need to tell the whole world you have COVID. <laughs> like this is where Greg is right when he says, um, "Stop getting our news from Twitter." Like not everything needs to be on Twitter. Yeah. So I, I will tell you right now, as somebody that lives this, his life and doesn't hasn't thought about COVID in two and a half years, if I do get COVID at any point this winter and I am off. You will not know that I have COVID. You will just think that Nick Kale took the day off or he has diarrhea. If Opelka is in here for a random morning, it will not be because I posted on Twitter that I tested positive for COVID and I feel relatively good. You'll have no idea. Because you know why? You don't care if I have COVID. That's the truth. Can we get back to Stephen Colbert bombing without a studio audience? Yes. Right now I'm feeling, uh, let's say, fine. Just a sore throat and a bad case of the lonelies. Mm. And I can I can hear you saying awe in my mind, which only makes me lonelier. But thanks anyway. So uh, for now, I'm here in my palatial curtain shop. I learned something uh, interesting about COVID protocols today. Like we still have VR. That yes. came yeah. as something of a surprise. I have been told I can return to the office and do the show live. Uh, once I test negative, though, mm. so uh, I will keep you abreast. Wow. Well, thoughts and prayers uh, in his <laughs> oh speedy recovery. God. Oh, my God. And next, let's talk about Dude. seeds you need to plant in the fall <laughs> wow. here on NPR. Now, this is an SNL spoof right here. If anybody yeah. from NBC was watching that, they are doing a bit on that Saturday they night. They won't. No. They absolutely won't. They won't. No. That's just it. Yep. Wow. Um, By the way, with those shows... Does Col is Colbert the leader in the ratings against whoever he competes yes. against? Yeah, really. So that's yeah. that's the best of the best, right? Yeah. There? So Col it's Colbert, Fallon, Kimmel. Colbert's yeah. numbers are bigger than Jimmy Fallon. Yep, a lot bigger. Wow. Wow. Well, and Fallon he, abuses his coworkers. You know what's interesting too about that is that he wasn't, and then uh, there was a guy by the name of. <laughs> and you guys will know this name, the dude who uh, who ran CNN for a quick second there. Um, he took over as the EP for Colbert Show and told him, do politics. And as soon as he did politics, his ratings yeah. went through the roof. That's a fireable offense. But it, it worked for him, though. It worked for him. Amazing. Uh Oh, let's uh, should we do the uh, no, by the way it's, it's almost 850 yeah i know we should <laughs> let's do the let's do the big let's save the big three for nine o'clock okay um okay. i apologize don i just had so much here yeah i have a lot on my plate i still gotta get to my kangaroo video this is an npr well we can get to that in the nine o'clock hour too right. um tommy lee you know the drummer from motley yeah. crew yeah he was on with uh club random bill maher <clears throat> and he admitted to drinking so he's one year sober, but he admitted to drinking two gallons of vodka a day. Two gallons. Two gallons of vodka a day. The big, the big jug handle. The big jug handles. Yes. And what's what's more shocking about this is that he he, he just went for like a full body scan, mm -hmm. and this is what his doctor told him. This is cut ten. Okay. Two gallons. No, I swear to God. Gallons. Gallons. The big handle. I know what a gallon is. Do do you drink eight bottles of liquor a day? 
Are you sure? Yeah, I'm... You ask my wife. <laughs> for how long? Man, for a long time. I mean, your liver must be made of asbestos. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I can't... I can't believe I pinch myself on a daily basis. I just did like the full body scan where they do head to toe everything. And I can't believe smoking, drinking, all the dumb or the fun that I've done. (laughs) Dude, the doctor was like, you're good. Wow. So his liver (laughs) is a high output vodka filtration system, which is remarkable. Two gallons. Two gallons. Two gallons. You know what? Two of his four wives were Heather Locklear and Pam Anderson. I'm mm-hmm. thinking they watered down the vodka. You <laughs> might have to. I, I think it'd be awesome if they came out and said, yeah, I, idiot, I watered I, it down. I got to say, too, they did a uh, CBS Sunday morning, did a profile on the Rolling Stones on mm-hmm. Sunday, and looking at Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and those guys, just you know, all the drugs and everything they've done, alcohol throughout their lives, and they're both 80 years old. Yeah. And you see Tommy Lee, who just like, first of all, he's like, he has not an ounce of fat on him. No. And he smokes and he drinks and yep. he's 60 some years old. Like, obviously, he, he should be dead. He was, obviously, these guys are the exceptions, not the rules. Right. But boy, it really throws out the window that, like, hey, if you keep drinking like that, uh-huh. you're going to go to an early grave. Yeah. I, some Will things, you? Some uh, things you can't really explain, like how that guy could scan out and be totally clean. And yet you see other people that go about their life incredibly healthy and then they're dead at 62 for some oddball reason. <laughs> but two gallons of vodka. I mean, I love a good vodka cocktail. I'm not going to lie. But two gallons. Yeah. I, that's, that's six months consumption. Yeah. For the normal person. And and it's not like he did that a few times. He said he did that for a long time. Yes. Steady. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, look, some people just, you know, that's why I said a lot of this, a lot of your health and your wellness and stuff is genes. It is. It really is. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you can take care of yourself and die at 50, or you can drink two gallons of vodka a day, and pro- he's probably going to live to be 100. Yeah, he will. This guy's yeah, my, but I actually like this guy a lot. What health treatments are they doing? Because like Keith Richards gets blood transfusions. So the rich and famous mm-hmm. get the best health yeah. care. Yeah, the best resources. And they do they they do stem cells, mm-hmm. they do all kinds of blood, you know, all this different blood uh, yeah. stem cell stuff that they and Keith Richards is always right. going for those treatments. LeBron James sleeps in a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. That's why his body recovers so well. If you can afford a hyperbaric chamber and you want to sleep in it, I suggest you do it. You'll, you'll, you won't be sore the next morning if you're 55 and you just got done playing golf. You'll wake up feeling like a 28-year-old. Wow. Yeah. So that, that oxygen therapy? Yeah. I remember my dad had to go to the hyperbaric chamber for his treatment with diabetes when he had to have a small amputation. and It was really bad. But the, the pure oxygen is so good for um, recovery of wounds. Tommy Lee. Drummer of Molly Crew, and you know, and once was with Pam Anderson. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, who wasn't? But he has, he has, uh, he's had every woman on the face of the earth, basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's fine. You know, rock and roll's a good life, isn't it? It can be. Did or, you? Was that your dream? I know you're a music guy. Were you? Did you ever aspire to be like a like sure, a rock star? Absolutely. Yeah. It was either to be a rock star or be on the radio. You got that really good hair. Yeah, you do. I could yeah. see you running and gunning with Tommy Lee back in the day in the 90s. <laughs> Tommy Lee was the 80s. That's true. Well, Pam was in the 90s, though. It was, yeah. And he watched the whole yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. Not that I watched. 
All right. Now you have me obsessed with people who use the hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. I'm telling you, it works wonders. Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, Justin Bieber, Mm -hmm. Madonna, Leanne Rimes, Beyonce, Jay Leno, Donnie Wahlberg. There must be an anti-aging effect there if if musicians are using it. Like, why is Madonna? uh, Shafe on the YouTube chat wants to know if Tommy Lee's doctor is the same as Michael Jackson's doctor. (laughs) Don't worry, Tommy. You're fine. (laughs) Michael Jackson was taking, um, uh, whatchamacallit, to sleep every night. Um, Opioids, basically, right? Uh, Whatever. What's the stuff they use to put you to sleep? Proferol or something? Is it Proferol? Or fentanyl? Um, (laughs) No, No, what's the stuff when you're in the hospital (laughs) and you have a surgery? Anesthesia. Yeah, yeah. T- Michael Jackson would take the the anesthesia stuff to, to go to bed each night. Yeah, yeah. They say it's the best sleep you ever get. Propofol, you're right. Yeah. So thank you. I remember and, and I, benzodiazepine. Yeah, that sounds addictive. Benzos. Like this benzo. Yeah, it's all so about it was the like a cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Two gallons. I wonder what kind of vodka he was drinking. Oh, Who do you think he is? He's uh, drinking the good stuff. He's yeah. rich. Two gallons of Grey Goose yeah. goes down a lot smoother than uh, Bankers Club. I'll tell you that much. Not that I would know. <laughs> Nick Nick aspires to be Tommy. Lee. I do. I'm telling you, man. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten is the number. I need to get me a vodka endorsement. Uh, Nick Kale here for blah blah blah. But I'm not on the radio. I drink two gallons a week. Uh, coming up next, we'll get to some news from Dawn with her big three at nine. And I promised you the most. Wi- if you're on YouTube, you're going to want to stay there. Yeah. Uh, a man saves his dog from a kangaroo who was attempting to drown the dog. Oh I think God. this was a Hamas trained kangaroo personally <laughs> attacking democracy. But we will get to that on the other side and some other good stuff as we continue. Nine o'clock hour is next here on Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Num Chomsky, uh, Num Chomsky says Tommy Lee used to mainline Jack Daniels. That's a- absolutely correct. Uh, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book right now. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Let's look to a Sunday, shall we? 8-20. The Miami Dolphins at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are favored by minus two and a half. I would take that right now. Eagles minus two and a half. Place a $5 bet and you get $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose for just placing that $5 bet. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg to sign up right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHD. And he's the official partner of the NFL. 21 and over. President PA. First online row money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, we got to talk about QC Kinetics, the future of joint pain relief. It's right here in Philadelphia and our region. QC Kinetics Advanced Regenerative Medicine. It's awesome. It's pretty amazing stuff. I've talked to so many of you who have made the call, made the right call, and called QC Kinetics. And uh, recently, one of the gentlemen said, it's like a miracle. So if you've been told more steroids or surgery are your only options, just hang on a second. Get a second opinion. Learn more about how you can harness your body's own healing agents, which then attack that joint pain. I'm talking lasting relief. QC Kinetics does not mask the pain. It's important to know this. So these treatments go to the very root, the very core of the problem. 
using concentrated healing properties that are placed directly into your aching joint, restoring and repairing that damaged tissue. So think about it, living your life this fall. No more pain in your knees, your aching hips, your shoulder, your back. No drugs, no downtime, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics. Call the local medical professionals. Get a free consultation. Do this before lunchtime today, would you? QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. You're going to thank me. Call 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000. QC Kinetics. Get up. Get moving. All natural treatments. 999-3000. Call QC Kinetics. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.